Under the Tartan Sky, Episode 62, produced 1 May 2019. The Scots have a saying, today's rain is tomorrow's whiskey. George Bernard Shaw said, whiskey is liquid sunshine. Well, one thing is clear, come rain or shine, the northern Scottish Highlands are about to enjoy their first Highland Whiskey Festival. I'm Glenn Moyer, and in a moment, we'll meet Highland Whiskey Festival's project manager, Kirsty Cameron and preview this first-time event that spans 300 miles and eight different distilleries. So pour yourself a wee dram and join us, won't you? Right here, Under the Tartan Sky. Scotland offers many things to many people. Its history is filled with stories of great leaders like William Wallace and Robert the Bruce, of battles like Bannockburn and Culloden. Its culture includes whiskey and tartan, castles and clans. It's a land of great literature, invention and innovation, of sweeping vistas and great glens and shimmering lochs. For millions around the world, Scotland is key to their ancestry, to who they are, to where they've come from. It's a haven for wildlife and a paradise for sport. Indeed, Scotland has something for almost everyone. In 2019, why not plan to visit and discover for yourself just what Scotland has to offer for you? Since its launch in 2015, the North Coast 500 has succeeded in making the northernmost part of the Scottish mainland a must-visit tourist destination. The 516-mile route that begins and ends in Inverness was always there, but it took a scheme by the Highland Tourist Initiative, supported by Visit Scotland and the Highland and Islands Enterprise, to bring together the quaint villages, local hospitality, and some of Scotland's most breathtaking scenery into one must-see tourist destination. And the plan worked. Tourist destinations and local businesses along the route reported record increases in visitations and sales in the very first year of operation. At the same time, whiskey tourism in Scotland is also booming. According to the Scotch Whiskey Association, almost 2 million whiskey tourists visited Scotland in 2017. That's three times the population of Glasgow with almost $80 million being spent in distillery visitor centers across the country. Now, prior to the North Coast 500, the Northern Highlands were felt to be an underappreciated part of Scotland where tourism was concerned. The North Coast 500 has changed that, but even as it's promoted as Scotland's Route 66, it is primarily viewed as a motoring route that people visit to take in the stunning scenery, and rightfully so. 
Now, however, eight Highland distilleries have banded together in a move to introduce some of that booming whiskey tourism to the region, with the first Highland Whiskey Festival. The participating distilleries are Balblair, Kleinleash, Glenmorangie, Old Pulteney, the Dalmore, Glenord, Tomontan, and Wolfburn. Each will have its own day during the festival, hosting tours, tastings, and other special events. The festival runs from the 10th to the 17th of May, leading up to, ironically some might say, World Whiskey Day on May the 18th. Now, whiskey festivals are not new to Scotland, so when we had the chance to visit with the festival's project manager, Kirsty Cameron, we first wanted to know why a whiskey festival and why now? Much like you get lots of food festivals and music festivals, um, the, the industry isn't just in one specific region. And that's why there are so many whiskey festivals, because there are lots of festivals to celebrate different regions of whiskey production. So, um, for example, you have Speyside, which is very kind of specific to the Speyside region. Um, it's a very well-established festival. Um, you've also got Fez Isle, which is on the on Isla, um, and that celebrates kind of the music and the whiskey of the island. Um, further to that, you have some smaller whiskey events um, in kind of the, the south of Scotland. But then moving down to London, you've got massive kind of exhibitions, for example, the Whiskey Show, um, which I think attracts around about kind of 15,000 people. So it's a, it's a very mm. kind of popular it's a, it's a popular thing to attend. Um, as for why now, the, the Highlands of Scotland have always um, uh, not so much suffered, but they've always felt a little bit unreachable for a lot of tourists coming up from the south. Um, however, with the increased investment in the, in the North Coast 500 um, to kind of promote the tourism of the region, promote the beautiful scenery um, and promote kind of the, the Highland hospitality. The, the the Highland whiskey distilleries that we're working with decided that it was really important that the, the region itself should have, have a bit of a shout really um, in this and that they should offer something to not, not only North Coast 500 tourists, but also kind of whiskey tourists as well. So that was really kind of the, the opportunity that they saw um, as sort of a celebration of perhaps kind of a lesser known and visited region of whiskey production. That's an interesting subject that we actually just broached on um, the previous episode of the podcast, talking with photographer John Bakey in his new book, The Magic of the North Coast 500, a new photography book he's issued. And, and we were discussing the fact that up until the creation of the North Coast 500, that region of Scotland really was getting, I guess, less than what they felt was their fair share of tourism. And now that that has changed, the, the North Coast 500 being very successful in bringing people to the region. So now there are more reasons to, to put on events like the Whiskey Festival. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the North Coast 500 itself, although the, the Highland Whiskey Festival is only really focusing on the, the east coast of the North Coast 500, um, that kind of coast itself offers so much for tourists, not only the, the beautiful scenery and the, the excellent kind of driving roads, but also, you know, the opportunity to see to see kind of dolphins and um, 
to kind of go up to kind of the north to see the, the very the very kind of tip of the UK at, of um, of John O'Groats. Um, it's it's such a kind of a rich a rich area. Um, and John's absolutely right. You know, it's always been kind of forgotten. It's always felt kind of that unreachable, unreachable area. And more often than not, kind of the 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 kind of the lesser highlands, not the lesser highlands, but the lower highlands, such as Aviemore, um, obviously has the Cairngorms. So that kind of attracts more um, mm. more tourists because it feels slightly more reachable. So really, the the time really is now for the Highland Whiskey Festival. Um, for the past couple of years, the North Coast 500 has gained traction and interest um, with with tourists, not only from the UK and um, and particularly Scotland as well, um, but also from further afield. And we believe that now is the time to celebrate um, the Highland distilleries that are on the North Coast 500 and offer tourists, not only um, tourists to the North Coast 500, but specific whisky tourists as well. Um, the opportunity to come and see what the the kind of the the northern east coast of the Highlands really has to offer in terms of whiskey distilleries. Um, so it's a it's a it's a nice dovetail between kind of the North Coast 500 and whiskey tourism for us. There are eight participating distilleries. Tell me a little bit about each of of them and and how is it that they are the ones who have decided to come together and uh, be a part of this event. With exception of a few other distilleries um, on the kind of the, the east coast of the the very northern highlands, um, these are the kind of the, the eight distilleries that are kind of most active and open to the public and um, ha- really have kind of a, a a desire to to kind of celebrate the North Coast 500. So we have um, Wolfburn, which is way up at the very very north um, in Thurso. Um, and then moving along the coast, you have Old Pulteney um, in Wick, down towards kind of Klein Leash, and then you have Val Blair and Glenmorangie, um, onto Dalmore and Glenord, and then finally onto Tomatin, um, which is just below Inverness. So these are the eight distilleries that are really kind of close to the North Coast 500 route and that are also kind of um, capable of welcoming tourists um, to, to the distilleries to see how the whiskey production um, happens and tell their unique story as well. We were talking a little earlier about the regions, uh, the whiskey producing regions and festivals that are already existent in Scotland. There's usually some commonalities uh, in the type of whiskey. There are areas of uh, of Scotland where you go if you want a really peated whiskey or another region if you want a really smoky whiskey. Uh, Speyside tends to be my favorite because they're generally, I think, the lighter, some would say the fruitier um, of the whiskeys. I have a terrible sweet tooth, even when it comes to my whiskey. And so what are some of the uh, commonalities of this region of the North Hi- of the Northern Highlands uh, along the North Coast 500? What, are, what do these eight distilleries uh, have perhaps in common in the tastes of their whiskeys? Um, that's a very good question. And unfortunately, there is no real specific link between the eight distilleries. Um, largely because um, we have a couple of distilleries that aren't quite kind of just you know fully on the coast, um, and it all comes down to production methods as well. Um, Speyside um, is quite kind of a, a unique area of whisky making because of the, the the kind of the climate that we have um, in Speyside. However, with the with the east coast of the the north of Scotland. 
um, it can vary quite a bit. So, for example, with Old Pulteney, you will taste quite a lot of salt um, on the whiskey because it's a it's a real kind of hardy coastal whiskey. So there's there's a big salty influence there. Um, moving down, you have um, Klein Leash, which is kind of sea spicy, so it has that sort of saltiness, um, but it's also kind of slightly smoky as well. Um, whereas you have some somewhere like Balblair, which has, in my opinion, no salt influence whatsoever, and it's kind of more, it's kind of more fruity and floral. So I would say kind of maybe maybe more closely linked to a Speyside um, traditional flavor profile. Um, so it's it's a, it's very vast. Um, I think that Speyside is a much smaller region compared to compared to you know the the, the spread between Wolfburn right down to Tomato. Mm. Um, so there is a, a more of a diverse range in in flavor profiles. Um, for example, on Isla, it's kind of linked more to smoky peaty whiskies. Um, Speyside, you're right, it's floral, fruity. Um, whereas with the Highlands, unfortunately, there's no link. Personally, I found a bit of a link, and the reason I was excited to see this event come around is a couple of my favorite distilleries are involved, uh, one being Glenmorangie. I'm a huge fan of their Nectar Dior, uh, which is a, a wonderful light floral whiskey to me, and I fell in love with it as soon as I read the tasting notes because it mentioned living meringue and white chocolate and a few of my other very favorite things. Um, and and so I became a huge fan of, of that particular whiskey of theirs. All of the distilleries typically do uh, different varieties, if you will. And then I was surprised to find a couple of years ago when Tomatin came out with their limited edition that included various elements, and they produced a whiskey called Fire. And I read about it that it had very similar tasting notes to what I had found in Glenmorangie's Nectar Dior. And so I immediately made arrangements to get a bottle of that limited edition of uh, Fire, which is also one of my favorites. So there may not be a common link, I guess, in the flavor profile, but if you look hard enough, you can sometimes find a link. At least I did. It's it's true what you're saying. With, with every whiskey distillery, you have a number of different expressions. So it may be that if you lined up um, uh, kind of a few bottles from each distillery and you had an independent taster to come along and taste them, they may find kind of commonalities. Um, but again, you know, the, the tasting notes on the bottle um, – I've always been told um, that those are kind of guidance notes and everyone's taste is different. So what, what you find um, what you find in a particular expression may not match up to the tasting notes on the bottle. Um, so I, I suppose what I was trying to communicate is uh, Speyside is, is kind of known for floral and fruity um, yeah and fruity whiskies, but the the highlands because the highlands is such a, a vast area i mean the the the, high, the actual highland whiskey region goes right down to just above glasgow um with glengoyne um so it's a it's a it's a huge huge area um to encompass but along the north coast 500 with with our eight distilleries that are taking part in the highland whiskey festival um just due to the geographical location so um Tomatin in a way is kind of closer to to Speyside than perhaps it is to um, what you would consider the rest of the Highlands. It's, it's kind of on the border there. It's very, very close. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Um, and also with, with all kind of whiskey, 
the, the production is so varied. Although you have the basic ingredients of whiskey, um, it really depends what kind of cask makeup you use, um, what kind of um, malted barley you use, what kind of water um, you have access to the water source. So, yeah, it's, um, it, it, can, it can vary massively. Yes, there's no doubt. Uh, anyone who drinks whiskey knows that there there is a great variety or expressions, as you were saying. There are Glenmorangies, for example, that I've tried that I typically didn't care for. And yet, as I say, their uh, Nectar Dior is one of my absolute favorite whiskeys. And that's the beauty, I think, of an event like this, is there is the opportunity to go and essentially taste test the whiskeys from these different distilleries and see just how uh, how much variety there is, even in a region of production such as the Highlands. Oh, absolutely. Each whiskey distillery itself as well offers so many different varieties, so many different expressions. Um, there's a, and I'm not sure if you're familiar with the author Ian Banks. Uh, no, I'm not. Oh, and he he wrote a whiskey book. Um, I can't actually remember the name of it just now, um, but it's terrible because I'm reading it at the moment, so I should remember the title. Um, but before he before he sadly passed away a few years ago, um, he was um, engaged by a, a book company, um, a publisher, to essentially go in search of his favourite dram across Scotland. So he was he was paid to visit. I, don't know the number of distilleries, but it was, you know, a, a lot, a lot of distilleries um, to kind of find his perfect dram. Um, and it's a it's a really interesting book, um, particularly for me because I'm interested in whiskey. But my my boyfriend read it as well. He has less of an interest in whiskey and he found it fascinating um, because he he can visits all these different distilleries. He tastes all these different drams and he thinks, oh, Eureka, I've found my perfect dram. And then he goes to the next distillery and it's completely <laughs> different. And unfortunately, one of the whiskies that he does taste that quickly jumps up into his top five is um, single cask. And he, he, he is not able to buy any of the whiskey. So he's devastated by that. Um, but it's, a, it's, a, it's a, a very good book. Okay. I'd like to find that book myself. Tell me, who is the target audience for an event like this? Is this meant more for international visitors who come to Scotland for whiskey? Is it for tourists who maybe come up from England and Wales, across from Ireland, uh, even Europe, um, more continental, I guess? Or is there a certain mix that's geared even to the Scottish? It's, um, it's very wide-ranging, to be honest. Um, we have we have a number, a number of... Um, of kind of target audiences um, we have people from from uh, in Europe we have people inquiring from Taiwan and uh, we also have people inquiring from kind of the south of England um, but also I'm sure that we will have a number of visitors from from kind of around about the area and kind of um, lower Scotland as well um, so yeah the, the, the target audience um, it hasn't been kind of one specific um, kind of personality, as it were. Um, it's been qu quite kind of wide ranging. Something that each of the distilleries have been very clear is that they want to make sure that the the whiskey festival is accessible for 
um, local people as well, um, because without their kind of support, this festival wouldn't be able to happen um, with all of the the local um, the local kind of infrastructure of hotels, restaurants, um, travel companies, taxis, etc. Um, so it's been kind of a, a real desire from the start to make sure it's accessible to to everyone, both kind of tourists from further afield and also um, home tourists as well. And that kind of takes us back to the discussion of the North Coast 500. It became literally an overnight success from its inception back in 2015. And the results um, in terms of drawing tourism and and dollars, money into the uh, region have been uh, hugely successful. There have been complaints by some uh, locals primarily saying that essentially the, the success literally exceeded the infrastructure, the capability to support the success and the number of people brought in. Each of the distilleries wanting the event to be uh, successful for the local businesses in and around their areas, their part of the North Coast 500. How are you working with the locals and local businesses to see that they're a part of this event and that they enjoy the success of it as well? As, as I said, that's been one of the, the goals from the start. So, so not just to um, encourage local tourism, but also to support local businesses as well. Um, so we have reached out to a number of local businesses, everything from kind of campsites to hotels, restaurants, taxi firms um, and local tour operators as well. And we have ensured that they are um, first and foremost aware of the, the event um, and then second of all, um, trying to support them in terms of um, promotion of, of, um, of their businesses um, to ensure that any of our attendees to the Highland Whiskey Festival are kind of supporting local businesses as well. Um, so we have had a number of um, local businesses included on the website. So under each of the different distilleries on the website, we have included local businesses. So um, where to stay, where to eat. um, And we've also negotiated some discounts as well for festival attendees as well. Um, So we have only negotiated festival discounts where that's where that's feasible um, to the business. Um, so fr- from the start, it was very clear that we needed to make kind of partnerships with these businesses and um, to show our support and not just a case of, you know, they'll have to support us. It was very much a case of the Highland Fis- Whiskey Festival wanting to support the businesses. The structure of the event is such that each distillery, each of the eight has its own day where the focus is on their distillery and their special events at at that distillery, be it tastings or dinners or tours, whatever it might be. And and that's great if someone can take, let's say, eight days and be in the region as a tourist and, and go day after day after day to the different distilleries. But what about the individual who, let's say, is there for maybe only a couple of days and maybe th- like me, let's say, for a hypothetical, their favorite whiskey is Glenmorangie, but they're not in the region, not able to be there on the day that is Glenmorangie's day. Is there still an, an opportunity for them to take part in the festival? Can they still visit the distillery of their choice? Um, how will that? How does that structure all work with regard to um, people who can't visit a particular whiskey on a particular day? Each of the distilleries on the Highland Whiskey Festival route. Um, are all open to the public, most of them seven days a week. 
Um, so therefore, if you can't attend the whiskey festival on this specific day, you can still go to the distillery and um, take part in one of the one of the distillery tours um, and tastings as normal. Um, the reason that we have chosen to have a specific day for each distillery is really due to kind of logistics. Um, because there are 300 miles in between the first distillery and the last distillery, it would be very difficult to, for <laughs> example, have Klein Leash one day and then um, Wilfern the next and then, you know, back down to Tamata and then back up to Glenmorangie. So um, it was very much a case of um, kind of a logical, a logical step by step. Is it coincidence that the festival is timed so that it leads right into right into World Whiskey Day, which happens on the 18th of May? Not as such. Um, the The reason the, the Whiskey Festival was um, kind of conceived between the 10th and the 17th was to dovetail in between um, Spirit of Speyside and Phase Isle as well, um, because we wanted to make sure that those coming up to Scotland for those events, the whiskey tourists, um, if they wanted to kind of add on a couple of days either side, then that they could attend the, the Highland Whiskey Festival. Um, the timing was also chosen with the North Coast 500 in mind as well. Um, it would have been inadvisable to to hold the Highland Whiskey Festival um, in peak summer months, um, but also in kind of around about Easter time as well. Um, so we we chose the 10th to the 17th of May because it avoids kind of any May bank holidays um, and it's not kind of peak peak season um, for the North Coast 500 to ensure that the, the local businesses don't feel kind of overwhelmed and also that the, um, the local community doesn't feel overwhelmed as well. What are some of the special events that are being held by uh, the different distilleries? Can you give us a, a sense of, of what some of the things are that people who come in, and participate in the festival, what are some of the special events they'll be able to take part in? First of all, not so much events, but um Wolfburn and Tomatin and Klein Leash are all doing a, um, a limited edition um, Highland Whiskey Festival whiskey. Um, so that that expression will only be available during the Highland Whiskey Festival um, with kind of limited runs. Um, so that's that's a, a pretty special thing. Um, on top of that, we have at the Dalmore, we have um, a very, very famous and well-respected gentleman of the whiskey industry um richard patterson um, he's he will be actually kind of taking taking small groups around and nosing and tasting um on on the riverside at the dalmore which is a very unique event indeed and then if we go to the bal blair we have um i'm not sure if you're familiar with the the film the angel share oh yes yes yeah very good. Um, so um, at the Bal Blair, they're going to be hosting a dinner um, and then a special screening of the Angel Share as well. Um, although maybe a little bit controversial to some, um, I believe that you should be able to drink whiskey in whatever manner you wish. Um, and uh, a whiskey cocktail goes down an absolute treat. Um, so the, the global ambassador, Irvin Tchaikovsky, is going to be on hand and Glenord to to showcase how how to how to create a beautiful cocktail, and um, so that's that's pretty special as well. So yeah, there's a an absolute plethora of um, of really unique events again at Klein Leash. Um, I'm not sure if you're aware, but um, 
an old distillery called Brora is um, being reopened and attendees at the Highland Whiskey Festival will get the opportunity to to have a, a look back in back into the Brora um, distillery and to to hear what's on the horizons for the reopening of that. So I've been absolutely blown away by the, the creativity um, of each of the distilleries. It's been very special to see. The Scottish Highlands were named a top tourist destination this year by the Lonely Planet beyond just promoting whiskey sales. Um, what's the long-term thought as to how an event like this will benefit the region as well as the distilleries? I think that for the, the North Coast 500, obviously the um, the emphasis is very much on on the scenery and the the kind of the, the special kind of the, the special feeling you get from from completing the the drive. However, you know Scotland has so much more to offer, um, and I think particularly in the region that the Highland Whiskey Festival is is taking place, um, so many of um, of the local people work um, within these distilleries. They are creating um, a special piece of history at each of the distilleries. So. I think that um, for the for the Highland Whiskey Festival, it's really to, to open up a new type of tourism to the area. The Highland Whiskey Festival um, is there to celebrate the Highland Whiskey Trail, um, and we hope that in months to come, more and more people through through hearing about the Highland Whiskey Festival will think, "Oh, I'm not just going to go to Glenmore and Jerbal Blair. I might actually try out kind of Wolfburn right down to Old Pulteney and kind of re reenact the the Highland Whiskey Festival themselves." Um, so it's it's really a case of trying to encourage whiskey fans and non-whiskey fans to um, engage with a different section of the of the um, of the geography. My thanks, as always, to my guest Kirsty Cameron, project manager of the Highland Whiskey Festival. As we noted earlier, the festival runs for eight days, from the 10th to the 17th of May. Ticket information and more can be found on the festival's website at www.highlandwhiskeyfestival.co.uk. And if you couldn't write that down and don't remember it, well, there's a link in our show notes at www.underthetartansky.scot. Also in the show notes is a link to the book by Ian Banks mentioned by Kirsty. And so you know, the title is Raw Spirits in Search of the Perfect Dram. In the coming weeks, we'll be visiting a galaxy far, far away. Well, almost, as we'll be talking with some students about Scotland's Space School. We'll also get a head start on Scotland's coming year of coasts and waters with a look at a new travel experience in Scotland, pedal kayaking. And we hope to delve into a new university study of the Scots language. You see, life is like a box of Scots. (laughs) Sorry, you never know what you're going to get at least here under the tartan sky. Until next time, I'm Glenn Moyer, Tapalev, I guess Alpha Cabra. Under the Tartan Sky is a production of Glenn L. Moyer Creative Communications. For show notes and more information on this and all Under the Tartan Sky episodes, please visit our website at www.underthetartansky.scot. Have an idea for a future episode? Well, get in touch via email at info at underthetartansky.scot. Visit and like our page on Facebook and follow us on Twitter, where our username is at underscore tartansky. That's the underscore symbol, tartansky. 
and thank you for listening. <laughs>